Hello, and welcome to today's episode of MicroConf On Air. I am your host, Rob Walling, here with my quarantine hairstyle that I'm starting to get called out on on Twitter. Someone posted a picture of John Lennon circa 1965. So twice a week, we live stream for about 30 minutes. We talk to interesting people, building interesting things, and we cover topics related to building and growing startups that are ambitious, but fit within the goals of having a life not burning yourself out, finding freedom, purpose, and relationships. Today, my guest is Ruben Gomez. I'll bring him on in a couple minutes. He and I have known each other for 11 years, I believe, 11 or 12 years. And we talk, uh, we've talked at least once a month um, for that, you know, the entire duration of that. Uh, before we dive into that, we are moving to once a week. I want to let you all know. So we started this when when the quarantine started um, and we were doing it, you know, five days a week, we backed off to two days. And now we feel like folks are kind of easing in, maybe need less of a, of a daily dose of distraction. Uh, we want to be, you know, mindful of kind of mindful of your time, but also want to put out the best content that we can. We have some great guests lined up if you were watching the intro, including Val Geisler and um, Heaton Shaw, Justin Jackson. Um, and yeah, going to once a week just allows us to to really double down and provide you with tons of great stuff in in the 30 minutes. So starting next week, we're gonna be on Wednesday, same time, same location. You can go to youtube.com slash microconf and watch it. You can go to microconfonair.com and watch it. And it's at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Certainly we'll let you know in the Microconf Connect Slack, or if you're signed up for our daily, what started as daily email updates, you know, the Microconf on air updates, you'll you'll be notified of those. We have a super cool playlist. So if you haven't heard, which you probably have, because I'm guessing you're on the MicroConf email list, but we launched the MicroConf Video Vault uh, just a couple days ago. And it's 170 hours recorded over the course of almost 10 years. It's some of the best talks in the you know the, the self-funded, indie-funded space. Um, probably one of the, if not the largest collection of talks just geared solely on that non-venture track startup that we talk about on Startups with the Rest of Us on microconf on air on the stage at microconf in addition to releasing the vault totally free again youtube.com slash microconf we're compiling these playlists we have some serial speaker playlists with all of Pat, patio 11 patrick mckenzie's talks we have one of all my talks i think we have a few other folks but i put together spent a ton of time i literally went through every talk didn't watch them all but i, I have notes and remembered most of them and i put together a playlist called building your first SaaS: the ultimate crash course and it's 10 Xander limited producer Xander limited me to 10 talks max and that was really hard to do it was easy to get down to about 30 but to crush it down to 10 um quite a challenge so if you haven't checked that out and you're you're building or even growing your first SaaS and, and want to learn a little more about customer support email marketing uh, idea validation um all the things it's it's there building your first SaaS, the ultimate crash course as a reminder, if you ever miss an episode of MicroConf on air, it is a podcast as well. All the podcasters have it. It's MicroConf on air, just search and you will find it. And this audio winds up there. Before I bring Ruben on to the show, I wanted to thank Basecamp and Stripe as always. They are headline partners for this tier and they help make this type of thing possible. So let's dive into the meat. Today, Ruben Gomez and I are going to do a deep dive into freemium content marketing and finding the source of your best customers. Ruben has become an expert in a number of things and he's interesting because he's pretty low profile. And I've invited him to speak at MicroConf pretty much every year since we started. And he turns me down graciously, but some someday, someday I'm gonna get him on that stage. So Ruben is kind of just a staple in the, in the bootstrapping space. Uh, he launched BidSketch in 2009 as proposal software made for designers. It later became proposal software for, for everyone. 
Uh, he's been on Startups for the Rest of Us multiple times. I always think he's been on more than he has because of the episodes that he comes on are so popular. Um, so I think he's been on two or three and they're fan favorites. And Ruben, now you've launched DocSketch, which is the e-signature app competing with HelloSign, DocuSign, and it's what we here use at MicroConf for all of our contracts. We use it at TinySeed, and uh, it's a really well-built app, man. So thanks for taking uh, 30 minutes out of your day to come hang with me. Cool. Thanks for the invite. Yep, launched uh, DocSketch yeah. almost a year ago now. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. It applies, yeah. Well, the thing is, is you're so patient. And I know you don't like it when people say that, but <laughs> you're just, you're way more patient than I am. Like if I had launched a year ago, I would have been like, ah, going all crazy. I would have been too impatient to do freemium. I would have been too impatient to do all the SEO stuff, you know, and the content marketing yeah. you've done because that stuff takes so long to pay off. But you have done a really good job of planting these seeds and kind of, you know, building another great business already. I know you're still early in the MRR, but... Um, your traction and your traffic is substantial. Yeah, I, um, I like persistent better than patient, but um, actually yeah. right now with DocSketch, I do feel patient. Um, yeah. I, feel, I do feel like I'm trying to be patient. Yeah, persistent is good. Um, meticulous and disciplined is how I've described you a lot. And I've, I, the last episode you came on, I started for the rest of us. I liked that description so much. I like worked it into the to the intro of the show. Sometimes you'll hear me use that phrase, and it, it was sparked by I was trying to describe you to someone, and I was like, he's super meticulous and he's really disciplined. But I like persistent as well. You know, I often say like relentless execution. Like that's kind of the only thing that has made me successful is just doing that stuff over and over and over. But one of the things that's interesting is one of the so back in the day, I had a blog that was fairly popular. It's called Software by Rob. And I think one of the most, if not the most pop, popular posts on that blog was written by you. It was a guest post. And people used to joke I should change the name to sufferbyruben.com because your post, Why Free Plans Don't Work, just blew up and people loved it. You know, And this is, who knows, 2010, 2011. It was, it was a long time ago. Now you're doing freemium with uh, DocSketch and your early signs are that it's working. Is that right? I, I want to hear your thoughts on, you know, yeah. what's changed since since 2010 and then talk about, you know, how freemium works, why, when you should use it, when you shouldn't, and it just, just riff. Yeah, that's funny. In, in that post, I wrote about my experience with freemium at the time, uh, which was pretty limited, but um, I did it for a little bit uh, early on with BitSketch. And then um, I also talked to a lot of people who had done freemium and moved away from it where it didn't work. So I had a ton of examples and stuff. And, um, and I had a little bit of a back and forth with Sean Ellis at the time, uh, who was all about freemium. Um, nowadays, I still think freemium is maybe not the best choice for self-funded uh, business, most self-funded businesses uh, a lot of the time. I don't think it's something that uh, everyone should automatically pick or go into. Um, with DocSketch, we're, we've been doing it from the, from the start. Uh, and yeah, it's been it's been working. It can be a little difficult to figure out uh, how, how well it's working sometimes. Uh, for our product in this category, kind of like with BitSketch, I think that's maybe part of the reason why I tried it initially is that it has a viral component. So uh, that's one of the things that's really helpful uh, if you're going to do freemium is having something that um, the free users can will do that will help you generate more either free users or paid users as well. So uh, that was one of the things that was 
really attractive to me about trying out freemium this time. I just wanted to try it out, give it a, you know, I had to learn more about it and I wanted to uh, do it for a little bit longer and see uh, what the impact would be. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, so for on the tracking side, we, we, you know, use analytics and all that stuff so we could see how many people like uh, come through because of the, uh, it's almost like a powered by sort of thing, right? Um, and that's kind of low. It's not that high. But then when we when we um, closed off the homepage and then asked people, like, how did you hear about us and uh, made them actually tell us like, uh, and gave them several diff different choices. Uh, there were a lot of people who uh, heard about it because somebody else told them, you know, so a lot of word of mouth, and then a lot of really like viral visit visits that we just weren't able to track. Like a lot of people saying, yeah, we, you know, I received the document from somebody, and then I signed up. Right. So, so that viral uh, component us, is yeah. important. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I think at the, this time, the sort of like word of mouth and the branded searches have, have passed uh, bid sketch, uh, which has been around for, for a long time. So mm -hmm. we definitely feel it, feel it working. It also seems like, and I think you and I have talked about this before that with bid sketch you were building something on the side you needed to get to revenue fast so you could you wanted to quit a day job and you didn't want to wait a year to monetize and if bootstrappers are in you know self-funders are in that that space uh now you have the luxury because you have bid sketch that's cranking away um you know producing the cash to kind of fund doc sketch that's also part of it yeah um that and then there were just different products, even though there's a lot of overlap and they seem almost the same. They're the same in a lot of ways. Uh, BitSketch requires a lot of investment up front to even, you know, start to get value and to see the value. So um, if that's one of the things with freemium that can make it harder, if you have a product that just takes a lot of work before somebody is like fully onboarded or not really onboarded, but they start to see the, you know, they get it. Um, then, you know, it's likely freemium is not a good fit. Um, just generalizing here uh, with DocSketch, it's a different story because they don't have to create all that content when, um, you know, when they get onboarded, they just upload their document and then, you know, put some fields on there. It's much quicker uh, time to value. So that helps a lot. Right. Um, yeah, cool. with, oh, sorry. Yeah, I, uh, with, I, I like uh, that. Well, I. I just think that I know there's some delay between us. Sorry about that. Yeah. yeah I mean, so to kind of summarize it, it's like, if you don't have some type of viral component, freemium, probably not going to be as valuable if you don't have a quick time to value. So I think of like drip, not a very quick time to value, right? As an example, or, right. you know, any type right. of thing where you have to do a bunch of setup. I think of write message or, you know, something where you got to get in, you got to write copy, you got to build workflows, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Very different than any signature app. Really hard. Yep. And, and then the third one is having, I'll say the luxury or the ability or the willingness, you know, to be able to wait, wait it out because you're not going to get to revenue nearly as fast. It's a, it's a much longer term play in terms of, you're thinking in terms of years, not months, which with usually, yeah. when we were building it. Yeah. Usually it takes longer to build up. And then there's also the cost side, right? Like uh, it can get expensive, like uh, especially when you're dealing with a lot of vo uh, volume, you also need a bigger market. Mm -hmm. So this was a bigger market. Uh, even mm -hmm. now with things just getting, uh, things are really cheap for us to serve like a, a user. 
uh, we're in the tens of thousands of, uh, of uh, accounts with DocSketch, and um, we still have one support person that does both products. Um, so that's oh, how low support of a product it yeah. is. There are a lot of products where you can't do that. So if uh, if that's if you have a product where you you know if you get into the thousands, you start to need like a support team, and you don't have a lot of money for that, then freemium is mm -hmm. going to be tough. It's really got to be self service. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Let's talk about content marketing. What's working today? You have been doing content marketing since what, 2008, 2009. Yeah. You gave away the, the proposal templates, which was just a genius SEO move with BidSketch. And that was an early, you know, foothold into that space and how you generated traffic. So you've been, and to me, and correct me if I, if you think about it the same way, I think of content marketing is in a short term, it's to get some people to read it and and some social push and whatever but really it's an seo play over the long term is that how you think about it as well yeah more or less i mean mainly yeah because uh you could do all sorts of stuff to get traffic on the short term you can even do some people lead with content uh, um on paid acquisition like um, digital marketer they do a really good job mm -hmm. at that so like a lot of the content now they're focusing more on seo but back in the day it was like almost, you know, most of the stuff that they created was about like putting on Facebook and engaging users mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, that whole model of like just having a blog and then doing a content calendar and then just like, you know, going at it, like, uh, creating content twice a week or whatever, and, um, trying to make it go viral and, you know, uh, that's harder and harder to, to get done with like just people being more busy and and like uh it's almost like a banner blindness sort of thing as well that it has there to where you know they're just used to seeing a lot of people trying to promote content um and it just doesn't work that well nowadays so um besides that you lose you have to think about like what happens after you get that initial traffic if you are able to get something something going uh, initially like nothing you get a big spike and then um like it just levels off so most of the people that even um when i talk to people that have done that traditionally that are getting a good amount of traffic if if they look at where their traffic is coming from it's from seo like it's not it's not from this buzz that was initially created that still it's just like unintentionally they didn't do it a lot of time they didn't do anything to target keywords or not, or anything like that i just talked to somebody uh who's getting a couple hundred thousand uh uniques a month on based solely uh, years of blogging of like not looking at a single keyword just thinking about topics and and you know and accidentally sort of just having content that ranks well like along the way over the years yeah yeah, that makes sense. I was actually looking at, um, I was digging through Google Analytics, which I don't really go into anymore. I know that back in the day I was in there all the time, but it's just so much less, now that you don't have keywords, it's just, you know, it's all not provided. Um, so much yeah. less effective, but I, I glanced through uh, Sherry, Sherry's my wife, uh, zenfounder.com, their Google Analytics, and I was like, what? She's getting, I don't know, it's like tens of thousands of uniques a month, maybe it's 20 or you know, 25,000. And I was like, I just don't think that site should have that, you know, it just shouldn't have that much traffic. And I went in and it was a, it was a handful of blog posts. And it's like, 
three or four and they rank for these again she didn't do it intentionally you know she just just wrote it so if people so that those are kind of where you just put in a bunch of work and hope hope something pans out that's not how you yeah, do it though like what what is no, working no. today well I, i'd say even for the people that have content like that i would uh go through so if you have a, t a blog and you've been doing that uh for years i would just go through and do some content pruning uh there there are a lot of articles uh that are pretty good on the process um, Moz, I think, has one. HubSpot has one. Um, and basically, it's just evaluating every piece of content on your blog, on your site, and making sure that they're contributing. They either have links or they're getting traffic. And if uh, not, or if you have multiple pieces of content that are competing, you either uh, eliminate uh, content that's just <clears throat> not relevant, not contributing. Sorry. <clears throat> not uh, relevant, not contributing, uh, or if you have multiple pieces of content that are kind of like on the same topic, you merge them, but it's all paired with um, doing the research uh, and figuring out like what you want to target, um, you know, keyword research using using tools like uh, SEMrush, uh, hrefs, uh, things like that. Um, yeah, yeah. If if you're in that situation, just look up content pruning and uh, go go through that process. And usually, after doing a bunch of that and getting rid of a lot of content, um, and you know, using a good process, you you'll see like a nice you know bump. I keep seeing that uh, double more something you know something like that. Uh, but it takes it takes a lot of time, and it's a big it is a big process if you have a lot of content. Um, for creating new content, the way I think about it now is just really, um, it's about working backwards. So, um, doing keyword research up front, uh, figuring out the main topics for your site, and then prioritizing based off of, um, based off of the thing that's going to be low competition but uh, it's going to give you, it's gonna be high impact. So high impact could be like a lot of traffic or it could be uh, like the right, a lot of the right type of traffic. And the right type of traffic means like people who are go going to buy or who are, who are going to take an action. So now, especially nowadays, I would go with bottom of the funnel, you know, um, focus on that, prioritize that sort of content uh, people that are going to um, buy your product or take an important action, and really think about how how the um, the keywords or like their mindset when somebody might be searching for a, a specific keyword, it makes a huge difference. Like just one word can make a huge difference. So you can in, um, you can fall into the trap of thinking like. Uh, this maybe doesn't align exactly right with the person who's going to buy or wants to sign up and is thinking about like my product, but uh, it's kind of close and I can put them on an email list and I can nurture them and then eventually convert them. That's, w that's way harder than, uh, than, than you think. It's w like when somebody is in that mindset, um, you know, a lot of stuff could be going on in the world and it's, it's, not it's not easy to uh, move them over into just like uh, okay uh, even if it's like a next sort of step we have we have that situation 
uh, in uh, some of the content that we have with uh, with a lot of the content with BidSketch, especially, to where um, like a logical next step would be, you know, okay, now you need proposal software at, at this stage. And uh, that doesn't work nearly as well as the people who are clearly ready for it. Searching for it, yeah. And how do you know, I mean, is it, is there, how do you know? How do you know when they're at the bottom of the funnel? Mm -hmm. Is it certain search terms you're just making a call on or do you, because these days you don't get, uh, you get not provided, right, from Google Analytics. So you can't track in there which keywords are converting like we used to be able to. Is it, is it best guess and gut feeling or is there a method to it? Yeah, so before you even write the content, just with keyword research, you, um, you can, uh, there is a little bit of gut feeling and kind of like knowing your market there. So you start off really broad and then uh, most keyword research tools uh, have a way to look at related keywords um, so that you can start to see what are the things people are searching for uh, that are related to like your main topic. And from there, you're looking at uh, things that just kind of seem obvious that, okay, this person looking for this thing right here is probably going to buy. Um, yes. So, you know, you, you use a little bit of that. You also, uh, it's a probably a combination of things. Uh, you look, uh, one quick hack is to look at the, um, cost per click. And if usually often, mm. if the cost per click is high, that means that it's a bottom of the funnel uh, keyword, like people are bidding it up and uh, are spending money mm -hmm. on it because it's worth the money. So because ROI is there. A, yeah, right. That's a good way of, uh, of telling the other one. The other thing is too, uh, the more informed you are about your market, the better you can, you're going to do at, you know, that process and uncovering stuff that people may, you know, the don't worry about the search volume so much if it's really high intent and people are, are ready to buy you don't need that much uh traffic mm -hmm. um like doing jobs to be done there's a book sorry there's a book called um i just read it called buyers buyer personas uh which is kind of like jobs to be done like it talks through the entire process and um but it's focused on sales and marketing it's it's pretty good uh, follow that process, read that book, follow that process. Uh, and basically the whole point is like, know what the buyer journey is, know exactly what people are doing, what the patterns are, are for people that are looking for your product and finding it. And then, um, you'll get a clearer picture of like what sort of content they're looking for. You should write mm -hmm. like towards, towards, uh, towards the bottom. bottom the right. Yeah. 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 We had, I was going to say like back in the day, um, when we were, marketing drip and, and driving much traffic to it, it, it quickly becomes obvious if you've done this and you drive five or 10,000 uniques a month from multiple keywords, just that some keywords far outperform others. And we had we had one and I actually, I'm trying to think of it as a keyword or it may have been a link from like an integration we had, but it converted. So most of the site converted at um, to trial because we have credit card up front, it converted around 1%, one and a, one and a quarter. Mm. Um, and we had this, this page or it was this traffic source that converted at 30%. It was insane. And this, that's what you're talking about, about is like, for some reason, and we didn't, we got a hundred uniques a month from that source, yeah. which is, yeah. you would never target a keyword with a hundred, you know, with a hundred searches, right. but right. for 30 trials, you know, at a, at a product that starts at 50 bucks a month, that is absolutely worth it. And we kind of stumbled on it. And then we were like, how do we get more of these? Cause they were obviously bottom of the funnel, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's, that's a good, uh, tactic too, is, is, um, 
if you're getting traffic that is converting really well from uh, from other sites, and maybe it's not directly, it's, so it's nothing that you did, but somebody else is sending you traffic, just figure out how to get more of that. And don't worry yep. so much about like having the content be content that you're creating. Uh, worry more about like who's showing up and how can we get on those pieces of uh, content. Right. Right. Cool. So we have one more topic and we have like two minutes. So let's see if, if we can get the the lightning round view of it. But it's, you know, you said you mentioned like metrics analytics and finding the source of your, of your sources of your best customers. And I'm right. curious how you go about doing that. Yeah. So uh, you like there's so many people that don't do uh, enough tracking to figure this out. Like Google Analytics is not enough. If you have a SaaS mm -hmm. product, you need something more than Google Analytics. Um, Google Analytics will tell you some information in aggregate, usually, unless you do more work um, up until the sign up. But you need something like Amplitude, Mixpanel. You need product analytics, something like uh, Hotjar would be good. And basically what you're doing with, with these analytics platforms is uh, taking individuals and seeing, uh, tracking where they're coming from and then what they're doing inside your product and then uh, uh, how many of them upgrade. So then you run a report and see who are all the people that upgraded. You can look in your database and do this too. But um, it's harder to do that uh, just by looking at your database because you're not uh, getting any information about like where they came from. So just from an analytics standpoint, uh, need product analytics to get that, uh, help get that information. And then really just having conversations with these people, uh, whether it's like in the early sales conversation, um, figuring out where they're coming from or afterwards getting them on jobs to be done interviews or, you know, the buyer persona interviews and uh, just figuring out that process. Yeah, and that's something, you know, it it's it's work, right? It's you got to put in the work and do some of the grunt work that not everybody wants to get it, dig into analytics. Most of us don't. And when I see founders who aren't doing that, and I say, hey, how you know where are your customers coming from? And they're like, word of mouth. It's like right. it's the people I know who like you who say word of mouth. It's like that's that you mean word of mouth, but right. word of mouth is often an excuse for. It, yep. Code for I don't know because I'm too I don't know not disciplined enough to like actually track and get in the metrics and do that stuff and you can I see really smart people so much. yeah I see really smart people yeah, that are like uh, that are smarter than me in a lot of stuff and they're mm -hmm. they just throw up their hands when it comes to analytics it's, it's too complicated it's like no it's not it's not that complicated yeah. you just really need to focus and do it that's it yeah. Cool, man. Well, we're at time. Thank you so much. I know that we could talk another 30 minutes at least about this stuff because it's A, it's interesting, but B, um, you just got a lot of knowledge and you go deep on these things. So appreciate you sharing that with the crew today. Ruben is at EarthlingWorks on Twitter and uh, DocSketch.com if you want to check out what they're up to. And if you're uh, in the market for e-signature app, certainly check it out. So yeah, man. Thanks again for hanging out. Next week, next Wednesday, we are back at 1 p.m. Eastern, same time, same location. Heaton Shaw will be on the show to talk about what to focus on at each stage of your startup. If you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, I'd recommend it. We're going to be putting out not just these live streams, but we're, you know, we have all these talk videos. We're going to be putting uh, playlists together, um, doing all kinds of cool stuff. That's at youtube.com/microconf. 
And frankly, if you're watching this on YouTube, I would totally appreciate a, uh, a thumbs up, a like on this video. I'm not <laughs> the traditional. The other day I said I was reading a script and I was like, uh, you know, like this video and, and comment on it or something. And one of my kids is like, are you a Minecraft YouTuber? Are you like a Twitch streamer now? So I don't want to be obnoxious like that, but it does help us out. You know, we are trying, we're putting out this content. We're hoping to reach as many people as possible with it because we feel like, um, you know, the community can use use this to grow their businesses. Give us a like and subscribe. Very nice, Producer Xander. And that's it. So I will see you next Wednesday. Talk with Heat Shaw. Big time, same place. See ya.